Causeway Street Podcast. I'm your host, Joseph Pavone. Joel Pavone. Mr. Sean Dutra. Hey, this is Leon Poe, man. You're listening to Causeway Street Podcast. What's up, y'all? This is Kenny Anderson. Hi, this is Tyler Zeller from the Boston Celtics. And y'all listen to the Causeway Street Podcast. All you new listeners out there, I'm your host, Joseph Pavone. I'm joined as usual by my two co-hosts. I'm Sean Dutra. What's up? Yeah, like talk about walks yourself. on the B. There you go. Joel Pavone. What up? I'm a Pisces. <laughs> the most romantic. He leads off with that. The most romantic sign in all of the Zodiac. Oh. You couldn't tell by my voice already. Oh. Sexy. I'm the producer of this ensemble that we call Causeway Street. In case you missed it. Hey, Bill Walton here, Celtics 1986. You're listening to the Causeway Street Podcast. Yeah, come here for nothing but the truth. This is where dreams come true. Thank you, Boston, for my life. Where are we going? You guys are such homers. It's your boy, Terry Rozier. You're listening to the Causeway Street Podcast. Now listen to my boys, Joe Sway, Joel, and Sean. Welcome to a new episode of the Causeway Street Podcast. I'm your host for this special episode. I am Joel Pavone. And to the left of me, I got Sean Ducha. And we got a special guest in the building tonight at the 101 Causeway Street Studios, Tim Tunis. What up, brother? How you doing? How you doing around there? What's happening? We're here to talk a little NBA playoffs tonight. Tunis just started watching basketball yesterday, man. It's great. <laughs> so, and I'll cross all y'all. He just, he just <laughs> oh, came yeah. on right on time just to come on uh, and, and shoot the shit with us here on the Causeway Street Podcast. We got to talk about Game 3, yo. It, it, despite how awful it was for Celtics well, fans. I think we got to talk about game, Games 1, 2, and 3. We can't just focus on the negative here. Well, that's man. true, but that's, this is the most recent game. It is the most recent game. But we, haven't, I mean, we haven't spoken to you, you, to you out there in the internet yeah, world. Yeah. Since uh, the end of the Bulls series. Ever since we started shitting on that dude from Chicago. <laughs> who, who turned us down, by the way. Who didn't uh, want to come on, Mr. Prob- Vincent. Probably because he's a little bitch. He's a little bitch. He's a little bitch. Anyways. But we digress. Yeah, we're not going to spend the whole episode talking about that dude this time, man. <laughs> I don't What's know up? I got you. If you haven't noticed yet, our main host, Josue Pavone, he's gotten so big now that he can't host our podcast anymore. No, I'm just kidding. No, he's... He's down in Washington, actually. It's big time in us, bro. Location, and we'll be talking to him in a little bit. But before we do, game three, Celtics lose one sixteen to eighty nine, uh, and apparently now the Wizards are right back in the series. No, right? I don't. I, I'm not. So gonna they go say, there. right? So they say. I mean, I predict. So See? I predicted a seven game series here. I predicted a seven game series, but I also didn't think the Celtics would look as dominant as they did in the first two games. Yeah, but at the same time, they looked just as bad and. In game three. Right. That's why I can't stand people after two games giving a series to a team. Well, you know? I mean, if, if it's if if you are dominant in the way the Celtics were playing, where they went down early and then they came back and they were they showed resilience and then they were then they were dominant. Like after they well, after but those, can you can you really say they were dominant? They went to they went to overtime in game two. Well and they were down by twenty points in game one. Well Tim Tim has right. a point. Tim has a like, point. You know why? Because in 
12 quarters, including in, in overtime, yeah. the Wizards have looked more dominant than the Celtics. Celtics have probably dominated maybe like three quarters. Nah, of the 12 I, I don't. I don't believe that. I think. I think the Wizards have dominated the first quarter of every game, and then ever since then, I, I think. I think I heard a stat today that the Wizards are averaging right around 40 points. Right around forty points in the first quarter yeah. of every game this this yeah. this this series. So that is a gigantic red flag, which actually leads me to this. And I know that we're not we're not really we'll probably get into this a little bit later, but I mean game three was game three, right? It was a dud. But the one consistent thing in this series is that the Celtics have been dominated out of the gate every single game. Now, in the Bulls series, Brad Stevens was able to insert Gerald Green and get a little spark in his starting lineup. But I think the biggest question to figure out this first quarter conundrum the Celtics are in right now, what is that piece you're going to insert into the starting lineup mm. that's going to that's the, going to the, give them give the Celtics a spark right off the bat? The bottom line is the Bulls aren't as good as a team as the Wizards. Oh, no shit. They so were the can, AC, you, bro. So you can, you can insert a Gerald Green against the Bulls and have him have a huge, a big impact. Right. What they need is Al Horford to step the hell up. Well, Al Horford's been playing pretty yeah, well, I think. I mean, Al Horford's been but, doing his thing, but but but, well, but no, no, it's, at, it's Amir Johnson spot. Amir, Amir Johnson's Johnson, not even seeing any minutes now. Well, I know because he sucks, and they should have done something at the trade deadline, which is getting oh, way, wait, back, wait, way, yeah. back, you, you way back, way back. All right, hold on, hold on, hold on. All I want to say now, is though. the hold starting on. lineup, though. The starting lineup, that's been a problem. All right, let's recap a little bit, okay? Celtics in the in the in the first quarter of Game Three. We're never, all, we're never all ready recovered. to go out the bats right never, now. Listen, with, uh, never recovered from that twenty-two to one run that the Wizards smacked the Celtics yeah. with in the first quarter. I like, hey. I like how you gave them the twenty-two to run I, instead of the twenty to nothing run they actually think, went on. I don't think Isaiah it was, broke it. I don't think it was twenty-two to one. I think <laughs> it was twenty-two to, to nothing. Oh no, Isaiah, Isaiah had a free had, throw had a free right throw at the end. end. All right. Oh, yeah. okay. So let, let's right. let, that's that's there's that. Okay. Celtics shot side over here. Celtics shot thirty-five percent from the field. Okay. They took 32 threes and only made 10 of them, right? That's, the shots just weren't falling for the Celtics. 16 turnovers, which is uncharacteristic for the Celtics. Eight of them came from Marcus Smart. In, the, in like the first but half, I think. Just right? like, or just like overall. But what, the way I see it, the Celtics, it's, it's not like those were easy shots. Like the, the Wizards are figuring out how to guard Isaiah. No, they're not. Yes, they are. No, I they're think, not. Yes, they are. I think, no. I, I think Isaiah just never got going. We, Look we, at we, the way we, they defended him in games one and two, and, or not even the way they defended him. The they way didn't that defend him the in way games that exactly the way that they used him when he was on defense. Okay, they let him chill on defense. They let him go to the corner guy, not do anything in the corner, rest pretty much rest on defense. Last game, everybody who touched the ball was pretty much who Isaiah was guarding, and they went after him. Mm-hmm. So they they made him work on defense. They weren't making him work on defense on games one and two, which takes away from his offense. All right, let's look at the flip side for the Wizards, right? Everything went well for them. They shot 47%. They never trailed in this one. They out-rebounded the Celtics 60-50, to 50, which it's is not, not, it's not, and, it's and, not and, too and, much. But, but what killed the Celtics, the points in the paint, 56-28. to 28. I mean, one thing I, one thing I noticed um, – Watching Game Three, which was different from Games One and Two, but I expect I expected this to happen. The entire series was Gortat was dominating in the paint. Mm-hmm. 
So well, was everyone else. Well, Gortat is a better player than Robin Lopez, and Robin Lopez was do- dominating in the paint. No, well, that's why I said so, going into the yeah, series, I said, yeah. I said, I, I really sense. hope that Gortat doesn't just dominate. It us makes sense. Well, it makes let's sense. not let's not forget let's not forget the fact that that. Hey, by the way, ex both ex Suns players. <laughs> oh, oh, that's right. I forgot. Tim Tunis here, our resident Suns fan. <laughs> also, you can see his uh, sad sack of shit. You can catch his uh, articles. <laughs> <laughs> on the sportsblog.com. Um, let's not forget the fact that the Wizards came out physical more okay. than they have in the first two yep. games. So, so I think I think I'll say this: the Wizards played well in Game Three, right? All the stats will probably support the fact that the Wizards of played course, well in Game yeah. Three. They dominated the Celtics. Mm-hmm. The Celtics have only been down by thirty points twice this entire season: the Wizards game that just was played and the Warriors game. That happened in November. The only time this team was down by 30 points all year, a.k.a. thank you, Sean Grandy, for saying that great stat on the air the other night. <laughs> but at the, at the same time, I'm, I'm not worried about the Celtics losing control of this series. Because this, this, this is why. This is why. So, so first off, shouldn't the Celtics fans be fearful of the fact that they can't beat Washington at the Verizon Center? Oh, should they? Because can, can Washington beat Boston in Boston? Right. I mean, but Washington has a worse record in Boston than Boston does in yeah, Washington but you can't, because we yeah, haven't played no, as many no, games. But yet. you can't look at that. You Minus. can't look at it like that. If you look at the three games, who had a more who had a better chance of winning on the road? Wizards had a better chance of winning both games. The Celtics are the number the one seed. Yeah, but that you can't. That's not the point. Like, yeah, they should have a better chance of winning on the road. Yeah, but that's that's not the point. What I'm talking about is three games that have been played. Up until now, who has had a better chance of winning on the road? No, I the think the Wizards in Game One and Two, or the Celtics in Game Three. Celtics didn't have a chance until nope. it was twelve to twelve, and and then all of a sudden it was thirty-two to twelve. This is what it all comes down like, to. Like they really didn't have a chance, and, and and I'm not trying to say I I I think the Celtics have a very good chance of winning Game Four, but this is what it all comes down look, to. If you look at who has had the better chance of winning on the road, the Wizards have had a better chance of winning the, on the road. The Celtics. And especially and Brad they ha- Stevens. And they have to win on the road, not the Celtics. The, the Celtics and especially Brad Stevens needs to figure out the first quarter because it's That's very true. easy yeah. to overcome a, a deficit, a double-digit deficit in your own building. If you're and, and the one thing I think we also we, we had that group message. Yep. Our our buddy Zach said uh, Wizards going to be my 15, and I said if the Wizards can come out strong, they'll probably win this game. Because the Celtics have shown, but they've always come out strong, though. Well, well, I know this series they've come out front, but the Celtics have shown resilience in being able to come back from a, a early first quarter deficit at home what on the road. What that is- makes it triple as and, hard to and, do. And, and- but here's here's my thing: is that going back to that starting lineup thing, Brad Stevens needs to find the right combination against this team to not be coming out flat out the gate because he's been able to. And even if we go back to last year when he inserted Jonas Repko into the lineup, this year he inserts Jared Green into the lineup. He's been able to push that magic button to say, hey, I fixed everything, guys. We're good. Well, he needs to do it again. He needs to find that piece again and, because and, it's different for this Wizards team. Gerald Green is not a good – Gerald Green is not going to be able to start on this on this squad. But when for, you for, against when you, the Wizards. When you, when you say he, he's found the, the magic whatever over the last two years – 
they've lost in the first round the last which two years. i get but i mean so what but, is the magic thing like what are you saying like okay what? so they didn't lose this year when they inserted gerald green to the lineup in the bulls yes but you're talking last about- year they went 2-0 at home again when they inserted jonas repko in the series they won both games but at then home. they lost the series though like, right the, it, which i yeah. get which i get but i'm saying Stevens well, needs to yeah, find to the counter, right combination to, of players. He's the counterattack. Because there's, Amir there's, Johnson, there's, as much as I love watching him run into cameraman all the time, huh. Amir Johnson sucks. And to agree with you, he you're, sucks. You're, you're 100% right. It's all about the way they've come out. Because, the, like you said, when, when they came out in games one and two, they came out terrible. But they're able to come back over the, the so, feed feeding from the crowd and stuff but they can't do that on the road this, this is my this and, is my hot take today this is my hot take of the day all right we'll we'll, we'll, we'll listen to your hot take and then we'll bring in our fourth kelly our fourth fucking thing. olenic <laughs> needs to get inserted in a starting lineup this okay. dude this dude <laughs> saved us in game one <laughs> he was the only guy in the first quarter of game one that was that was scoring buckets he gets right into the head of the kelly Oubre, the second best kelly o on the court I don't know about that one, but no, Kelly Olynyk is a, is it needs to get inserted into starting lineup. All right, we'll ask Josue, who is on location down in D.C. What up, Josue? What's good, bro? Yo, Sway, how's Trump what's doing up, down there, up? bro? What's going on, fellas? What's going on? Oh, Josue, me on. Oh, thanks for having you on our own podcast, dude. Yeah, You're this not is a yours. fucking guest, bro. This Come is on. yours. I mean, you could have done this without me. What do you mean? All you right, bye. Call me up. I appreciate it. All right, all right, Sway. Let's I get. Mean, let's get your still a possibility of that. Let's <laughs> let's get your perspective on this. You were there. You saw the. You saw Game Three live. You saw. You know, Ducci just brought up Kelly Olynyk. Let's talk about Kelly Olynyk. What did, What did you see? And do you think that? I don't know. I don't know what you want to call it. I mean, I saw the same thing you guys saw, man. <laughs> I don't know what you want me to say. Um, whatever, Kelly, whatever happened, I mean, you look at the other plays leading up to that, obviously it wasn't just that play that ticked them off. I mean, it was a little bit of pushing and shoving, and that's something that it seemed like the entire Wizards team continued to complain about after the game. From Even from the head coach down to John Wall, who sort of tried to downplay it, but at the end of the day, I mean, they're they're frustrated. They're thinking to themselves that they feel like this others are getting away with with uh, being very physical with them. And in some sense, it, it, they might be right. But I don't think the others are doing anything illegal or anything. I know that that the, the referees aren't saying. You know, you think about after game two when when um, the coach was talking about when Scott Brooks was talking about how um, I got the chance to ask him actually about Bradley Beal and I asked him, you know, why is he playing, you know, why, why is he so off from the field? How come his shot's not falling? And he pointed to the same same excuse, you know, trying to blame the Celtics for grabbing him and pulling at him and that he said that he needed to make the right adjustments in order to free him up. But at the same time, you know, the Celtics need to stop getting away with things that they're not supposed to get away with. So I feel like a lot of that had to do with Uber just sort of losing it. I mean, totally has been setting tough screens, but I don't think it was a screen that was, you know, that screen wasn't tough. Or, that wasn't a tough screen, dude. That was that was, that was it was run a, of the it mill. Was a, it was a hard screen, but a legal screen, and I don't even think exactly, it was a foul. It exactly. wasn't even a foul. That's what I mean. It wasn't there was nothing malicious about it. No, and it was, he got it was a flagrant. Screen, but there was, was nothing malicious about it. It was nothing uh, against the rules about it. So I, I didn't think he just snapped. I mean, he's a young kid. You know, he's gonna he's gonna have that chip on his shoulder. Yeah, and he's just sort of overreacted. I was I was surprised. Though. I was really surprised. I didn't see that one coming. Do you think the mental? game went into in the Wizards' favor, especially after that play? Um, 
I mean, I think it rallied up the, the rest of the guys, but I, I didn't see any difference in terms of their intensity. I mean, they kept it going throughout the entire 48 minutes of the game. I mean, the, from from the jump, it seemed like the Wizards just sort of grabbed the momentum and never let go. The Celtics just the Celtics just looked flustered. I mean, they couldn't find their offense. They couldn't look like they, they were trying to run their plays, but they were just rattled. Um, Isaiah Thomas was, what, double-teamed, triple-teamed at some points. And uh, I feel like there was no one besides, I guess besides Al Horford and Avery Bradley who – those are the only two players I saw from the Celtics that, that had a bit of offensive momentum in spurts. But, of course, it just wasn't enough to overcome the huge deficit that they were facing, it seemed like, throughout the entire night. It seemed like it seemed like when that Kelly Oubre play happened, the Wizards were just fucking dominating up to that point anyways. You know, it wasn't right. like it right. wasn't it wasn't no. like this tight game that all of a sudden the Wizards turned it on. But I feel like Celtics could have used that to fuel the some Celtics sort of yeah. could have used, used it. it. So that's what I'm definitely. saying. My, that's where my it question. That's where but my they question were down from. by like 25 points no, at I that know, point too. You know, we've seen the Celtics come back. Not necessarily oh, yeah, win yeah, games. Yeah, But I felt like if it was, there's any moment in that game for the Celtics to make something happen, it was after that play. Well, talking about that Uber play too is one thing I noticed, which was. I was nervous about when it happened was the ref. <laughs> it happened. And then everybody sprinted over. Mm-hmm. If the Celtics, if we're at home and that happened right in front of their bench, you know, we would have had a couple of guys suspended for the series. Luckily it was right in front of the wizards bench. Yeah. I, I, I was, I was concerned that somebody on this, on the Celtics was going to come off and get suspended. Now, luckily I think that's that, um, I think the Celtics were just ready for it, which was, to me, surprising. Because you got people like Marcus Smart and Isaiah Thomas and Jay Crowder on the team who don't take shit, and all of a sudden, Kelly Olynyk gets decked. I was waiting for a retaliation there, but, I mean, I, I, I got to say that looking at, at that play, the Celtics have are ready for this. The Celtics are seem like the more mature team in this series, which I think for the Celtics is a new... It's a brand new idea for the Celtics to be the more mature team in the series. Well, there was eight techs overall between these two teams, you know, oh. split down the middle, four, four techs each, three ejections other than Kelly Oubre. Then you got Brandon Jennings trying to get under Terry Rozier's game for whatever reason, all that year. which is so stupid. That's that been happening ridiculous. all year. You remember Brad, You remember Brad that? Stevens yeah. tech, the Brad Stevens tech was ridiculous. Yeah. That was ridiculous. Well, the Brad Stevens tech was ridiculous, but, I mean, that, that Terry Rozier, Brandon Jennings thing is so strange to me. Every time they play each, against each other, you remember in the regular season this shit happened too. But, can yeah. I? Can I just? Yeah, they I got teed up. They have a history. They really don't like each other. But I mean, but Brandon I'm, Jennings and Terry Rozier, they have a history. I mean, first, we saw it happen uh, during the regular season when Brandon Jennings kept stopping short in front of Rozier, right. and uh, kind of, and it took him out of the game. I mean, they, Scott Brooks took him out of the game really quickly, and they kept drawing back and forth. I mean, for some reason, those two just don't like each other. I don't know what triggered it. Yes. I don't know what the hey. first more words were between the two, but they, they really don't like each other. Somebody's got to get to the bottom of that Sway. shit. Sway. First, I want to say something, then I want to ask you something. The thing with Kelly Oubre, that's just an immature player. Like, that was a the totally legal screen, and like you said, yeah, he got a hard screen before, but that hard screen before was also a legal screen. He's just not used to that, right. and he's, what, 20 years old? He, right. He's, he's no, a 20-year-old he, no, he's he's guy who... If he I doesn't did. he doesn't know how to react when when something is hit with him that hard and what what really I thought made him react that way is the fact that a foul was called. If if a foul wasn't called, which I don't think a foul should have been called there, I don't think he would have reacted like that. 
But my well, I think he should be getting mad at his teammates for not calling out the screen. I mean, he keeps that, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, exactly, that's, exactly. That that was right. more that's more on his teammate than him. But it, but but the his reaction, I I I put that towards him his immaturity. My question right. to you is, and I asked these guys earlier, are you worried that the Wizards have somewhat found a way to 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 guard Isaiah? Yes, I really am. Um, I, I think the way Isaiah looked, he just. They, they're throwing different guys at him. They've obviously done their homework. I mean, after what happened in game two. And on the other end, they're starting to use another guy who I haven't seen as much in the first two games, but we certainly saw him in game three, and that's Otto Porter. I mean, they're, they're yeah. finding a way to get him involved into the offense. And look out, because Bradley Beal still hasn't had that game that we've seen from Bradley Beal throughout the first series against the Hawks. Because I'm still waiting for Bradley Beal to put up 25, 28, you know, and and of course John Wall is going to put up his thirty, and you've got Otto Porter putting up seventeen, and and the way Marcin Gortat has been effective on both ends of the floor. I mean, that's a very tough team to beat. But of course, it all starts with Isaiah Thomas, and I feel like Isaiah will eventually find his offense. You know, he's going to bounce back. I don't expect him to score only thirteen points in Game Four again. Yeah. But at the same time, I think they're making him work a lot harder to get to the hoop yeah. and to get those shots. And I think that's an adjustment that's going to because... play a big part, a big difference in the series. The reason I ask that is because obviously he's a, he's a different type of superstar, right? Like I I would say Isaiah is a superstar, right? He's a, he's a top You're five. Damn six. right. So, but but at the same time, you hear all these so so called experts. Who bring him? Bring him in front. Bring one to Cosmo Street podcast. Smith, all these ESPN people talking about how he's five he's five eight five nine, and you can neutralize him, even as as ridiculous as as a scorer as he is. And one of the best offensive players in the league, as he is, they say you you can find a way to guard him. Unlike you can find a way to guard Harden or one of the bigger, you know, stars in the league. And right, but at the same time, the Celtics need to make adjustments too. I mean, Brad Stevens has to find a way to get him open looks. So exactly. Yeah. You know? Exactly. I mean, Isaiah that, Thomas, yeah. we know he can score in people's faces. That's what he tends to do. But we need to. Oh, we as if I'm part of the coaching staff. Brad Stevens needs to find a way to to free him up. I mean, it's very rare that you see an open shot from him, or you see him uh, taking shots that are uncontested. Okay. So I think that's an adjustment they need to make. You know, try to find a way to free him up and find more comfortable shots that he's going to knock down. Exactly. Right, so, that that literally was my next question. Is like, do do they need to find some way to get him there? And uh, I mean, well, he answered it for you, dude. Exactly. You know, he's no, reading your fucking mind, dude. I know. He answered it exactly. <laughs> I also think. I also think, guys. You know, a lot of that has to do with Al Horford. I, you know, I, we see That's Al what Horford I said. put up some oh, good games in the series. You know, Al Horford is certainly a, a guy who finds his offense throughout the night. But I think the Southern needs is. Well, one of the things they need to do going into game four is to go to Al Horford early and often. I think that's going to completely help. I because guess, that's a second option, right? Because right now there's really right. only one option, and that's all the Wizards have to guard is Isaiah. My man Sway, my man Sway, my man Sway, I'm on the same page. <laughs> we on the same page. Uh, you guys, you guys, you guys can make that. out later, dude. Jesus. I didn't know he said that. It's funny. No, I mean, it really does. No, uh, he I actually didn't I, say I, I, I did say that Horford needs to, he needs to step up. He needs to be the second option. Did I not say that? I man. But it's on Brad, too, to run the offense through him as well. Even though he only took eight shots, I think he, you know, he had his offense going. but many threes he hit? Like five? He hit four out of five threes. Yeah, legit. That's it's it. Rare, but, it's but, rare you but see them go a, to Horford early and often. You know, yeah, if you run your offense 
looking through him early. You know, he's going to free up Isaiah, and 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 eventually you're going to see open looks for guys like Avery Bradley and and Jay Crowder. I mean, it's just it's been something we've seen in the past. I just didn't see that in Game Three. The thing is, when Horford gets a three, that's that's created by another player, mainly Isaiah, maybe Avery, whatever. But that's created. He needs to get his own shots. But he's the type who his entire career has become. A no, good I see. player no, I see from making saying. his own shots no, in the not know, making threes. I, no, but I see what Different you're saying. System. I know what you're saying. But he only took eight shots. So did Isaiah. That's terrible. Though. I understand that, but they didn't play like from halfway through the third all the way to the end of the game. Right, right, right. They, they, they only played 29, 28 minutes each. So at some point, Brad Stevens was like, he waved the white flag and it was like, all right, it's on, it's on the game four. So let's look ahead of game four. I got one question. Go ahead, go ahead. Because we've we've all been dodging it, and I brought it up already. All right. So, Sway, the biggest problem for the Celtics, in my opinion, has been the first quarter. I think we can all agree. Yeah. No, that's what They've sucked every first quarter in this series, okay? So, Sway, in my humble, expert, motherfucking opinion, I'm inserting Kelly Olenek into the starting lineup. What is your quick fix for game four. No Gerald Green. Gerald Green ain't going to work. Amir Johnson ain't going to work. Marcus Smart has been playing like dog shit this entire series. What does Brad Stevens do to solve those first uh, quarter woes? I mean, I know, like you said, I agree with you. Marcus Smart hasn't been great in the series, but I think that's the one way for them to to help the starting five. I, I would like to see Marcus Smart in there. I think he can be very valuable and, and making sure that Otto Porter doesn't have the same kind of night that he did. Um, I think that it may even help him jumpstart his offense a bit if he's not one of the focal points. You know, in the starting five with Aiden Bradley and Al Horford and Isaiah Thomas, I think he can find his offense, uh, you know, easier if he's able to start. But, um, I mean, Joe Green hasn't – I'm with you. Joe Green hasn't been effective. He hasn't been having those first quarters that he had in the first series. Um, and I really like Kelly Olenek off the bench. I think Kelly Olenek, you know, he, he, he can – he can give the Wizards a lot of problems when he's playing their secondary guys. If he's playing their first, their, their starting unit, I don't think he's going to be as effective. And Amir Johnson is just—he's Amir Johnson. I mean, he's just not giving them much of anything well, on, on either side of the floor. So uh, that's my—that's that, my opinion. You know, it's the lineup that they they end the games with. Why not start the game that way with some intensity, some toughness? And I think that putting Marcus Smart into the starting lineup, I think, is going to be helpful for them and not falling into a 12-point hole in the opening six minutes like they have been throughout the series. Nah, man, I, 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 th- I, think, you need a, I think you need offense. Offense, no, offense, can offense. I, can you I need to put you the best something? offensive lineup on the floor to start the game because it's not that the Celtics have been, you know, sucking defensively in the first quarter. I mean, maybe they have because can they've I, can put they have. something real quick. They, can they I definitely have. Yo, but, but and, I mean, you and, think. And you know what? Believe it or not, Sean, I mean, the Wizards have led throughout the series a lot more than the Celtics. I mean, I know yeah. some of them are up in the series, but, I mean, if you look at the stats and if you look at, you know, if you break it down minute by minute, the Celtics have, I mean, they've been behind a lot throughout those first three games. If you look at all the minutes combined, you know, they just happen to have the, the big fourth quarters from Isaiah, which helped them in game three and, of course, the you know nine, extra nine points in overtime. And then in game one and two, you, you saw the, the Wizards sort of control the momentum and the Celtics just grab it from them at the perfect time and pull out a win. You know, all all two, both of those games, and, uh, you know, both of those games, the Celtics were, had to come back from behind. I mean, the Wizards, 
had a solid lead at solid points for the game, and that's including game two when they had a six-point lead with only three minutes to go. I mean, Isaiah Thomas out of that timeout, hit that three. He found Rozier in the corner for that three that tied the game up bang, with one under two minutes left. That was awesome. I mean, that was, that, was the, that was the back-to-back play that really put them in it. And, of course, Isaiah Thomas scoring 29 points between the fourth quarter and the overtime, you know, pushed them over. Well, I don't know. I'm still I, on. I, I'm still on Timo Linux to get into the starting I wanna, lineup. Man. I want to ask you guys, you three, something. All three games, as you said, your point, they've started out very slow. Do you think that's something that Stevens need to needs to address pregame, or do you think it's just adding another player into the start or adding a different player into the starting lineup? Because it I could think be it's rotational. Because, I think it's rotational. I don't, I don't know because if you look at them quarters two through four. They're fine. I it's mean, just that one quarter, and it's not like their lineup is that much different. Well, the problem, like, the problem with uh, Brad Stevens just randomly just selecting whoever to be that fifth starter is, you, how does that affect the bench? Because in game three, that was the only time that the Wizards bench outplayed the Celtics bench, and the Celtics bench has been crucial throughout the playoffs, not, well, just, not, mean, just, if, not just against the Wizards. If Gerald the first Green two plays two minutes, well, he, you want to You can count him yeah, as Gerald a Green starter. Jail Green is hit or miss. Yeah, but, but I mean, but I mean, in game in game one, in game one, he played two minutes, bro. No, I get you, but you're, you're, so I, every at, every point that Marcus Smart scored counted as bench point. You know what I mean? I get you, but every uh, change has resulted in something good, right? Other than game three, but you want to you want to put Kelly Olynyk into the starting lineup? Yep. Okay, one hundred percent. Over who? Who's your offense? Who's your offense going to come from off the bench if Marcus Smart is not producing? I'm okay. I'm okay because you know what? You know what? The bench. Versus the starters, like the bench versus starters, it they're all on the same fucking team. No, I get it, right? But. So I, I get, I get what you're saying, right? Minutes wise, minutes wise, I think Gerald Green is much more comfortable coming off the bench. I think Jalen Brown is much more comfortable coming off the bench. Yeah. I think Marcus Smart is much more comfortable coming off the bench. That would be and, my and, and 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 I, and I believe that Kelly Olynyk, just from the way he's played, has a matchup advantage against the Wizards. I am not a Kelly Olynyk guy. You know that. But if I, I to, am not a fan of Kelly Olynyk's game. I get you. We've talked about that. Oh, and I <laughs> and in the Bulls series, he was the worst player on the floor. But this series, he has he has he has stepped exactly up. But he stepped up and he's shown like, he can he can dominate. He can dominate. Uh, who's who's going to guard him? Markeith Morris is going to be st- going to be taken out of the paint, right? He uh, he's going to be the, he's going to have to try to guard so Kelly Olynyk on three point line. Be playing the four. Yeah, oh, definitely Olenek plays the four and Horford plays the five. I don't know. But my, my I also have a problem with Horford as well playing the five. Jesus Christ. Horford's not Box a five. Box the fucking court. Yes, Horford's he, he has to be. He yeah, has to be the five. Yeah, but he's not a real five. He though. should be. He's a power forward. He should be the five. I don't know. He's I think I think the way the Wizards played in game three, they wanted to, you know, puff their chest out. Kelenic is not. That guy, that's gonna I stop don't think that you need. Wise. I don't think you need that though. I think that was the that was the game. That was the game plan. But you the Wizards think... have has have shown uh, the entire year that if you come down to Washington and they want to beat you, they can beat you. They were one of the best home teams all year. No, you're right. But they my, were one of the so... worst away home away teams all year. So I mean, if you're if you're trying to if they get punked in a two game series. On the road in Boston, two straight games. They had a, they had a double digit lead and they blew it. But they didn't get. Then they pumped, come back though. home. Yeah, they did because they, they had a double digit lead and yeah, they lost. But the fact is that they had a double digit lead because <laughs> of the first quarter. Right, that's what I'm saying. Though, if, but if, what if I'm you go is, into Boston, what I'm saying is, do you really think it's the lineup or do you think it's their no. mentality no, going it's, into the game? I think Atlanta's going to get punked early 
and he's soft, and that's it. Don't after, after what happened, why you gotta make me try to defend Olenek? Not, I hate Olenek. I'm not a Olenek guy. I can't wait till he's not on the Sunday anymore. All I, I gotta say is that he was the best first quarter player on had, his team. Y'all could have had the Greek freak. No, man. that no, it's a revisionist history. All right, me me personally, I would try Jalen Brown. Yeah. in Game Four. That's just me, dude. He he's one of the toughest players on the team. That's just me. I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if it happened. You know. Brad Stevens has been going to him in really? different times and different moments. But, I mean, uh, honestly, regardless of who starts, it doesn't necessarily matter in terms of, uh, exactly. you know, who's going to who's gonna finish the games because Marcus Ross is going to be in that exactly. lineup right. with the rest of the starting four. So, sweet, so but, sweet, but at the same sweet. time, I, I think if you're, if you're going to that first quarter, I think it's going to be a little bit more on, on the defensive end, you know. You don't want the Wizards to get out to another uh, huge lead or another quick start like they have been doing throughout the series. First off, Joel saying Jalen Brown to start is blowing my mind. Jalen Brown's Why? not going to. He, he didn't start during the regular season. He didn't play well during the regular season no, when he was a starter. No, he played okay when, when he, there were injuries. Who's, who's better, Ke- Kelly Olenek or Jalen Brown? In this series, I would take Kelly Olenek 100 times out of 100 times. In this series alone? 100%. But it's close. But Sway. So why, why is that ridiculous to Sway. say that J- Jalen, who's tougher? No, I'm not, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying Sway, Sway says Marcus Smart, but – how Marcus do you smart might be other than Isaiah the toughest player on the team? I know. No. Sway, so why Marcus Smart over anybody else? Like I know that the Wizards have been scoring, right? In the first quarter. They've averaged forty points a game in the first quarter. But Marcus Smart has been playing a lot in the first quarter and he hasn't done anything at all this entire series. Defensively or offensively. He's turned the ball over. He's just turned the ball over. Yo, That's what I mean. Turnovers. Like like Sway, I, I get I get the I get the idea of putting a defensive minded player in the game in the starting lineup because you want to reduce the guard play, but Marcus Smart has played like dog shit the entire series. Yeah, but Sean, he hasn't started these any of these games, though. And the fact that Marcus Smart has, has been sort of like the ball handler coming off the bench, I mean, putting him in that starting five wouldn't put him in that same situation. Well, you know, he wouldn't have yeah. to take the ball up. He would just be in for defensive purposes, you know, making sure Otto Porter doesn't go off. You know, uh, of course, Bradley Beal and, and Isaiah Thomas, I mean, Bradley Beal and uh, John Wall, between Isaiah Thomas and, and Avery Bradley, those two are going to guard those those guys. And then they're interchangeable. Whether whether Marcus Mark is caught in the switch, Marcus, Marcus Smart can guard one of those guys in the backcourt. You know, and I like my chances of seeing him against someone like Otto Porter. He could take care of Otto Porter. That's someone that doesn't have to necessarily worry about if, if Marcus Smart is on him. Yeah, but I don't know about that, though, because then you think if Marcus Smart's starting and you're going to guard him against Otto Porter, then who the hell does Isaiah guard? Markeith Morris? No, Isaiah's going to have to guard. He's going to guard Bradley Beal the way he's been doing. And Avery Bradley will be on John Wall. I know, man. Yeah, but the way the Wizards – went after the the way the Wizards were playing offense was almost anybody who had the ball if Isaiah was guarding them they were going after him they were going so after if you right. put yeah, if you if you, if, you, if you put Isaiah on Bradley Beal he's going to go after him and uh, and Bradley Beal will uh, will torch Isaiah on defense he hasn't been shooting that well though in the series he's, Bradley he, Beal. but he, oh. yeah, but, but I mean, that's the I way mean, he but that's the way he's going that he won't he won't allow that switch yeah, but oh, okay. All right, let's see. What you're, are you saying if Marcus Smart starts guarding Bradley Beal, is that what you're saying? Yeah. No. Nah, if I mean, he gets caught on the switch, I think. Because, because I think if the screen, if they screen off for Bradley for for Bradley Beal, then I mean Marcus Smart's gonna be right there to guard him. Whereas if Bradley okay. Beal is taking a jump shot, if Bradley Beal is gonna take a jump shot yeah. over Isaiah, I yo, like yo, my chances. Yeah, yeah, but the thing is, the thing is, he's not stupid. If he sees Isaiah on him, he's taking him to the rim, and that's how he's gonna get his confidence back off the jump. 
You put Isaiah on John Wall. No. What? Yes, 100%. No. Nope, 100%. No. You're overthinking it. You put Isaiah on John Wall. John Wall will torch Isaiah. Yo, hold on. Off the jump, not for the entire game, off the starting lineup. You 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 shut down Bradley Beal with Avery Bradley. You put Crowder on Porter. You don't let him get into it. If John Wall's the only guy scoring in the first quarter and he can't pass because you're you're going to be okay. I think we're overthinking it. You put size in the lineup. You put Kelly Olynyk in the lineup, and you make you, sure you make sure that John Wall's the only guy who's trying to go off in the first quarter. The reason why I agree with you, Dutra, in saying that is because you just said you you just made him flabbergasted. I know. Look yeah, when I said yeah, that. Yeah, because because Which the way nobody they, saw until you said it. <laughs> because the way they switch in the NBA now. If you start Isaiah on John Wall, he'll probably not end on him. Which, which I get. But if you're telling me that you want Isaiah to straight up guard John Wall, hell no. I'm just hell saying, no. I'm just saying though. I'm I'm saying this is that Brad Stevens shouldn't get too creative. Put size out there. Put scoring out there, and let let whatever will be will be. Isaiah guard guard Wall. Let Bradley get on the switch. Let Horford guard Gortat, and then the rest will just happen because. If you're gonna if you're gonna try to play a offensive matchup in DC, which I think is a big thing to point out, in DC, if you're trying to match up against the Washington Wizards in Washington DC, where they've been really good, and you're trying to outwit them at home, it's not gonna work. You play your five best. You the five best in the first quarter has Thank been you. Kelly Olynyk, and you just throw them into the starting lineup. I I think I think it's I think it's ABC easy done. Do it tomorrow. Yesterday. Game four, predictions, Sway. How do you see this playing out in D.C.? Oh, man, we're going to be in for probably the best game of the series. I think it's going to be come down to the wire. And um, I, I think the Wizards are going to win it. I really do. But that doesn't necessarily mean they will win the series. I mean, tying the series up at two, obviously the Celtics still, they still have home court in their favor. You know, this series does go seven, which I think it will go seven. Celtics still have home court. And I think that really helps them against a team like the Wizards. I think the Wizards are sort of, when it comes down to like the fourth quarter or the nitty gritty, and when the Celtics really get rolling against them, they really succumb to being on being in Boston. I don't know what it is, but I just you, you don't see that same second half intensity that we saw in Game Three. And um, another key uh, a key point for the Celtics for for point of emphasis, it has to be that third quarter. I mean, they had, they they come out of halftime. And you just don't see sort of the same intensity that you see in the second quarter of the Celtics. So that's going to be really important for them, too. I mean, of course, the first quarter is important because the Wizards have been getting out to quick starts throughout the series. But so is the third quarter. I mean, that game two, I mean, if Isaiah, again, if Isaiah doesn't go off, I mean, look, you look at that double-digit lead that the Wizards had in the third quarter, that was a big reason why the Celtics were able to, uh, or the, the, the Celtics didn't, you know, blow them out, or maybe not blow them out, but that was a big reason why the Celtics didn't comfortably win that game because the Wizards had that big advantage, that huge cushion, and the Celtics were able to get out of that. But if they fall to a, same, a similar deficit, a similar third-quarter deficit in, the, in game four, I think it's going to be much harder for the Celtics to call, to, uh, call out of the way they did in game two. There it is. You can follow Josue on Twitter at J-O-E underscore S-W-A-Y. He's got some hot takes, especially since, uh, you know, he's – He's big timing us now these days. He's basically got Fred Hoiberg fired, and he's like, "Yeah, <laughs> fuck you guys. I'm going on the road, bro." Yeah. Don't please, please don't piss off Scott Brooks because then you know we're gonna have people from Washington from their media trying to uh, get at at us, and then when we try to invite them on, they don't want to come on. You know what I mean? I mean, Fred Hoiberg, uh, Fred Hoiberg, Scott Brooks—that's just two completely different coaches in terms of their attitude. I mean. 
Scott Brooks has been very uh, lighthearted and trying to joke around with the media and stuff. And I think it's because of what happened with Fred Hoiberg, man. Oh, he's afraid, got, he's afraid of sway. He's afraid one of, his, <laughs> one of these Boston media reporters is going to set the monster to the point where he has to walk off the stage. So oh. he's been very uh, easy with the, very friendly with the media throughout the series. I hope so, you we'll, just said we'll reporter see. in quotation marks, bro. That's right. I hope you had the finger quotation marks going up when he said that shit. Yeah. No, when 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 you introduce yourself, when, you know, before you ask a question, you say, uh, you know, Joseph Pavone. Reporter with the quotation <laughs> fingers. Quotation fingers, man. That's key for you. Going across. They're going where going. All right, bro. Um, don't have too much fun down there. You know, we need you. We need you. We need your your hot takes after after game four. And uh, how is it down there, by the way, in terms of like fan wise? And you know, it's nothing, nothing like Boston, right? No, man. It's funny because it seemed like the crowd was split until the Wizards got out to a big lead. I mean, there's a lot of Celtics fans there. You heard the left you go chant after the after the Ubre thing. You could, the chant started going, and the Wizards fans kind of got riled up over that. And then uh, once the Wizards got rolling, that's when the crowd kind of took over. But it's funny because before the game, I mean, right at tip off, it felt like place was almost empty you know it's not a lot of empty seats yeah. you saw a lot of people still you know in the back getting drinks and stuff it's just a very different fan base and then you saw the same thing in the third quarter like a lot of people were still chilling by the bar you know instead of getting to the seats for the second half but um yeah i mean if the Celtics get rolling i mean that, that crowd i'm telling you i i wouldn't be surprised if you see the same thing in game four we see a lot of Celtics fans and a lot of green jerseys in the uniform i mean in the crowd cool follow the causeway street uh, account on Snapchat that's Sway that's putting up all the all the cool videos and uh, and pics and and follow us on Twitter because you'll you'll hear the post game and pre game quotes from coaches and and players. Sway, keep doing your thing and we'll 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 check in with you soon. Yeah, let me know how to absolutely happen. guys. Appreciate it, man. I'll be going to practice tomorrow, so uh, I'll throw something up there on Causeway Street on the uh, on the blog Word. from the reaction from the players and coaches. Hey, hey mad respect, Sway. Yeah, Sway. Let me We're know making how, big moves. Let man. me know how that uh, Washington D.C. good tastes. All right. Oh my God. <laughs> you had to go there, man. You had to be there. Yeah. <laughs> What's wrong let me let me know hey, how the Celtics practice at Georgetown University, man. Maybe oh, I should hang out and, and, on, all that. and on that note. Yo, we'll how, talk to you soon. how's Trump doing down there, bro? <laughs> Do you say what up to Trump, bro? <laughs> Later, fellas. <laughs> All right, peace. All right, game four. How do we see this playing out? Does Uber get suspended? Yes. Yes. He's I don't think it. he will. I think he should, but I don't think he will. I think. I think Does it really matter, done. though? Um, I, so I'll it, tell you this. Uh, you were talking about the bench earlier. I think the bench for the Wizards is not as deep as the bench for the no, Celtics. No. So they need Oubre. If Wall doesn't go off, or if Beal doesn't go off, or if Porter doesn't go off, because if Porter is hit or miss, if Porter's not going Porter. off, what did we re- what did we see in the first two games? Oubre had like 12 points in each of the first two games. Well, he's been the only one off the bench really producing That was producing, right. But in game three, we saw... Porter's go without, off. No. Without Oubre? Well, no, I'm not talking about the bench. Yeah. We saw... Bogdanovich. Thank you. Bojan. Bogdanovich. Without Oubre. We saw him go off for the first time in the series. Double that B. Can't, that can't happen again. Double B. Nothing better than a double B. That can't happen Corre- again. Correct me if I'm wrong, but without Oubre, aren't they running on like a six or seven man roster? Well, it depends. They, they only play six players. Does he want to play Jennings again? Does Brooks want to play Jennings some more? <laughs> Jennings is Yo, a fucking Brooks joke. Brooks was pissed at Jennings. He was pissed of course at he was. Jennings. How do you, because he was acting like a bitch. That's what I'm saying, but how do you... He was how acting do you, like a bitch. How do you try to play a mental game with someone when you're up 25, 30 points? What was the point Especially of that? Especially a younger-ass dude. That's what I'm saying. Like, what was the point of that? And you're the one who looks like the asshole. Well, he did, I mean? like, he did admit that he started it, but he says that Rozier wouldn't stop. But no, at, was, this, at this point— Jennings started it, and he wouldn't stop. And everyone knows Brandon Jennings. Jennings man. 100% started it. 
And I wouldn't know. I don't Rozier know. Rozier didn't say, back down from it. That's exactly. All exactly. Okay. That's how I would put. Like he, I wouldn't say. I wouldn't say Jennings ended it, but he 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 started it so hard that Rozier had no other option but to like retaliate. All right. Final, like he would just look like the biggest bitch in the world if he didn't do something. Final final question. Uh, so I said the Wizards win game four. Who wins game four, Dutra? Um, I th- I I I really think the Celtics are going to win game game four. Uh, for a couple of reasons. First off, Ubre will be suspended. That doesn't really matter too much in a season uh, series. Uh, we just mentioned that it <laughs> it at all. Really it matters but a little I, bit, but I think it, but I think it has something to play to it. I think Brad Stevens is going to find that sweet magic lineup. Like if you're on the Celtics, you want him to get suspended, but it really doesn't affect the series one way or another. Right. I mean, it just it just puts it puts the Wizards at a little bit of a loss because Ubre is one of those guys. He's lanky. He's tall. He's a good defender. Can defend it when he switches on to Thomas. That's a tough matchup for Thomas, right? If you have Porter and Ubre coming off that pick and roll, uh, you know you could swap in and out. That's a weapon for Washington. So I think that's where you're going to see Ubre missed. Also, I I truly think that Brad Stevens is going to push that magic button. Maybe it's not Olenek. Maybe I'm wrong, but maybe Brad Stevens knows something else. Jaylen. Maybe it's Jarebko. Jaylen. Maybe it's Jalen Brown. <laughs> right. Whoever he is is going to insert into that starting lineup is going to make a lot of sense after we see it happen. Oh. So I, I, I think that I think that Steven is going to find that magic magic potion. Shake it up, shake it up, pour it all over the starting lineup. You know what I mean? Drip, 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 drip. But I'm just saying. <laughs> but I'm just saying, the Celtics will not go down early in this game. Yeah. All right. Whether they I... win or lose, I don't know. But I know they won't go down early. No, I but know you said, that. You said they're going to win. I, I, Are you sticking with it? I'm them? assuming there's, they're going to win. All right. Tunis. There's a couple things I agree with them there. First of all, I think the Celtics are going to win game four. Uh, Second of all. What about the Suns, though? Hey, man. <laughs> <laughs> Second of all, I think it's because of whatever Brad Stevens does because he's a much better coach than Scott Brooks. Period. If Scott Brooks were a good coach, he'd have a ring on his finger right now <laughs> with the team he had in, in Oklahoma City. Let's be honest for a second. Number three, I think Isaiah. Either, either I think Isaiah and Stevens are going to have a serious sit down and talk and be like, this is how you're going to attack them with a new way that they're guarding you now. Because Isaiah is one of the most unguardable players in the league. There's not like a defensive strategy. There, there. Sorry, there is a defensive strategy that you can put against him in one game. But if he if he and his coach or he himself is smart enough, which he is, and him and Stevens are, they'll figure something out to trick the Wizards. I think he's going to go off for at least 30, 35, maybe 40, even on the road, and they're going to they're gonna squeak one out by four or five points, whether it's regulation or overtime. All right, I think the Celtics win game four, Three because for three, baby. I feel like mentally the Celtics need a win on the road, especially in the, the Verizon Center. I just think it's a mental thing. Yep. Technically, they don't really need it because, you know, they have home court advantage. But winning game four and having that momentum going in, back to the coming back to the garden on game five would be huge right now for this team. Well, I mean, I mean and also, too, game four in a two-to-one series, it's a swing game, baby. Yeah. It either makes it a series – or mm-hmm. it makes it 
100%. The Celtics are in control of this series. What did they say? Like, what did they say? What's the saying? It's not a series until somebody until the until yeah. the road team wins. Uh, yeah, right? exactly, exactly. So this I mean, would be a perfect if, if, you're, if you're looking at if you're looking at the series and you say, oh, the Celtics won two two games in a row at home. Great. Did they win on the road? They need to Correct. win on the road. Yeah, that's they do. that's what I was saying earlier about how it annoys me when when people talk about oh the home teams won two up two zero series over like no like yeah. that's what they're supposed to do. Yeah. They're supposed to win those games. I give credit to the Wizards because they took advantage after game two, an emotionally charged game, one day rest, travel day, you know, because it was an overtime win for the Celtics. Isaiah played bananas, insane. They did what they were supposed to do, win at, win at home. If there was one game that they, they definitely needed to win was, was game three. So the Celtics need to counterattack that, and I think they're going to take care of business in game four at the Verizon Center, and the Celtics will come back three to one. There you go. And the good thing about the, the only good thing about the Wizards winning in game three is that there's going to be a game five. And for you Celtics fans, the best way to enjoy the playoffs is live. And how do you do that? By visiting the SeatGeek app. Tell them how you do it, Joel. You gotta visit that <laughs> SeatGeek app, the smartest and easiest way to buy and sell sports and concert tickets online. And if you download the mobile app, you can get a $20 rebate on your first purchase. When you download the app and you go to the settings tab and you click add a promo code and you enter the, the code word Causeway. What do you get when you enter that promo code Causeway? When you enter the promo code, they get a $20 rebate on your first purchase. So visit the uh, SeatGeek app. You download that onto your mobile device. You go to the settings tab and you add the promo code Causeway and you can enjoy a $20 rebate and enjoy the Celtics game at the TD Garden. I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this. I uh, went to the Red Sox game the other night. Use my SeatGeek app. For the first time? For the first time. Nice. Put in that code Causeway. Got my tickets, and I got a $20 rebate. So now I'm going to use the SeatGeek app again. Use my $20 rebate. So I'm just saying it's easy. It it uses, it uses brings in the best prices. And just download that app, man, the SeatGeek app on your phone. SeatGeek, the way to go. It's the way to go. SeatGeek. Oh, you know you're going to the game. Beautiful, guys. That was beautiful. And we're wrapping up this episode the only way we wrap up every single episode. Well, we pow, 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 pow. In case you missed it. In case you missed it. Mm. The Celtics released a statement clarifying why Isaiah Thomas missed the start of the second half in game three regarding his uh, his injuries to his teeth. Yeah. Teeth? No, it was a couple of teeth. It was a couple of teeth. It wasn't it was just a couple of teeth. teeth. So there was a, there was a report. Keith with an F. There was a re- there was Keith. a report during Keith. the during like all day Friday about how Isaiah actually had a fractured jaw, but that's not that's not that's not the case. This is why no. the Celtics released their uh, their statement. Isaiah Thomas sustained multiple front teeth injuries, including a complete fractured tooth and two other teeth shifted that required extensive extensive oral surgery to stabilize. God, that sucks. He did not suffer a fractured or broken jaw. Teeth. Thomas is currently wearing teeth, a four-piece. Suck, he's man. wearing a four-piece temporary bridge that cracked after being re-injured, you know, in the first half of Game Three. And the spanning bridge is necessary to protect and stabilize the injuries. Members of the Celtics medical staff anticipated the need to replace the temporary bridge, and Thomas will receive a permanent bridge at a future date. Nah, fuck teeth, man. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Fuck teeth. He needs that, man. He can't smile without the teeth. Nah, fuck teeth. Dude, teeth. Nah, if I if I could eat if I could eat successfully with my life without teeth, Hell yeah. I would just do it. Hell fuck yeah. teeth. 
you know but what? you can't bite yeah, anything hard. No, I, no if, I, if my gums could just adapt to be hard and... <laughs> Dude, and, teeth are the worst able, thing. Like, Yeah. Although, if you're a dentist and you're listening to this podcast, just stop listening. Why doesn't healthcare, by the way, cover teeth? I fucking hate dentists. You got to have dental care no, and right? healthcare. What's up with that? Right. That should cover like right. that's part of your body. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. You know why? Dentists realized, hey, you know what? <laughs> Teeth have their own fucking world in this it's, mouth. It's right? almost like it's almost like it's a luxury to have your teeth. Exactly, it shouldn't be. which is fucking ridiculous. Dude, and you know what? And you know what? Healthcare should include dental. Yeah. Oh, yeah. you just blew to his mind, dude. I'm never gonna stop talking <laughs> about this <laughs> shit. He's, he's all getting that high falsetto right year, now. Last year, I went to the yeah. dentist. Uh, I had a cavity. I, I paid like <laughs> I paid like 120 just for my checkup, and then they said you got a cavity. Oh, that'll be another four fifty. Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck, man? You know what? You know what? I'm gonna give you one. Four fifty to get a. I'm gonna give. Film? I'm gonna give everyone a little bit of a PSA right now. Okay. <laughs> I only believe in two. Four fifty. <laughs> I only believe money. in. I only believe in two conspiracy theories. Okay, <laughs> two. Bull, only that, two. Yo. Only two. One. Stevie Wonder is not blind. This has nothing to do with this conversation. Okay. The other yo, one. Man, <laughs> I, hey, I never thought about that, but it might be true. It. It listen, is. listen, listen to our <laughs> number two. But no, listen to one, the one and only after show that we've had that we that we a few months ago, and, <laughs> and you'll understand why, what Duce why Duce says this why? thing about Stevie I Wonder. Just, I just I can't get into it. We can't get into it. It's, to it's too long. It's too long. Um, I'll no, after the number show. two, flossing <laughs> does nothing. Is actually worse for your teeth than was made up by dentists you to make so. you be coming back. Yeah. Because guess so. what? Guess what? Guess what? Who flosses? The people that go to the fucking dentist all the fucking time. I don't floss. Girls. I don't go to the dentist. Girls. And guess what? My teeth are fucking fine. Yeah, girls. Girls floss because guess what? Oh, you need to have your white teeth. You want your white? You better floss more. Oh, you keep flossing. When you get that toothache, come Dude. on back in. When you want a cavity, come on back in. Yeah, yeah, I'm telling you. Telling you. Yeah. I'm fucking telling you. No one knows teeth. Teeth are like a foreign fucking language to humans. People say... People say like lions' teeth and tigers' teeth are healthier than humans' teeth. Trust All right, me. <laughs> Isaiah, I feel you, bro. <laughs> Fuck those dentists. You should have. You should have just. You should have just left your teeth out. I don't get why you went to the dentist. I know it's all cosmetic. I know you're on NBA and you're on national TV. You my don't need a guy with a missing tooth. My man, my man spent at least ten hours in that dental chair. I'm just saying. I'm just saying though. I'm just saying. Crazy. Got to fix the choppers, he, man. He could have. He could have capitalized on that marketing opportunity. You don't know who Isaiah Thomas is? He's the guy with one tooth. <laughs> Buy his shoes. You can't handle the tooth. You can't. So many things can happen. Yeah, 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 he yeah, just wanted to. Yeah, I knew slogan. Isaiah, you missed out slogan. there. You missed out. Yeah, I think he preferred to have his choppers. In case you missed it, <laughs> the Spurs have announced that Tony Parker will miss the rest of the playoffs with a ruptured <laughs> left quad. Remember last week how I was like, hey, what if CP3 gets called up by the Spurs? Like, yo, you can, you can be our new starting point guard. And Tony Parker will be coming off the bench. Mm-hmm. I don't know how long Tony Parker's going to be out for, but Tony you know the Spurs. Parker. You know the Spurs going to be calling up CP3 after the after the season ends. Well, they're going to have to be calling. Dude, up the if the Spurs get CP3, that's a problem. Look at that. In case you um, missed it, the Warriors head coach Steve Kerr. If you guys haven't noticed, he's died. been out since Game Three. Yo, I haven't of the noticed. First round I haven't noticed because that that head coaching. I any one of us three could do that. Head co- hey, right. Steph, Kevin, Clay, go out there and shoot some threes. All right, so can I explain that's why? That's what you got to do. Can I explain why he's. Kerr underwent back surgery two years ago, and he's been yeah. suffering from complications such as severe headaches, nausea, and dizziness. He's been receiving treatment at the Stanford University Medical Center, and he's been seeing a specialist at Duke University and has been forced to take a leave of absence, according to the team officials. 
he's not likely to return at all during the Warriors Jazz series. You don't need to be a crazy great ex a great coach to to coach that team. I'm not trying to trash on his health or whatever. He did. All I'm saying, no, he did. A little bit, but <laughs> that didn't take too much convincing. All, all I'm saying yeah. is right, that well, team is the most stacked team. Like, all I gotta say is Steve like, Kerr smokes a lot of weed. Yeah, and that's why you gotta respect him. Steve Kerr smokes a lot of bud. Yeah, so he better find some better bud. I think I, the point. I think hey, the point. The point of the story is like at what point? In front of Tunis? At what point? No, listen. At what point does he say, you know what? I can't coach anymore. That right. at first I was. I thought, oh. You know, he's taking some time off because they played against Trailblazers. Taking and, some time <laughs> off in you know the what? playoffs? <laughs> you know Have what? you ever heard of a head coach taking time off in the playoffs? No, I'm I'm rooting for Steve Kerr now. In case you missed it, you know, despite the city of Boston having a dark cloud right now, a lead story all over the country and in lieu of Adam Jones and his whole ordeal with between the Red Sox and the uh, Baltimore Orioles being called the N-word this week. But apparently it's happened several times before in the past. But LeBron James offered his take, saying that he's been to Boston hundreds and hundreds of times, never been called the N-word, loves coming to Boston, says that racism exists everywhere. Well, he's right that racism exists Dude, everywhere. Yo, it's... But I highly doubt, I highly doubt he's never been called the N-word in Boston. He says he has never has. I don't think he would lie about that. LeBron, really? I mean, obviously... I know. That's why I break this story up. I'm. Not, I don't. I don't think that Boston is racist at all. He says he's at never, all. He's, he's never. He's never heard it. I gotta, Despite other other players like Draymond Green, this is all I'm gonna say about this. Is 100% he's been called the N word in Boston, because 100% every city he's played in, he's been called the N word. I don't know, man. I, I believe him when he says he hasn't been called the N word here in Boston. Um. I. You know what? If people in Boston hate LeBron James, and there are racist people in Boston who also hate LeBron James. So 100%, at some point in time, some dude was drunk and is racist and dropped the N-bomb on him. Like, it definitely happened. We've been playing LeBron. He's been in the league since 2004. I understand. Like, this just makes LeBron James. This just makes LeBron James, to me, like, you're not fucking helping LeBron. Like, shut the fuck up. 100% 100% he's been called the N-word in Boston. He's probably been called the N-word in every city he's been that's in. That's exactly what um, I just said. Like, that's what annoys me the most about this all this talk. First of all, Boston, because we're dominant yep. in, in, in sports yep. for, the last, for the last 20 years, people hate us. ESPN hates us. And that's why this – people, people don't understand, like – Adam Jones had a banana peel thrown at him in San Francisco, right? Like, there's racism. Obviously, yes, there's racism in Boston. There's racism in every single city in America, right? But but it's just annoying that we get singled out. And what annoys me the most is, like, all these people coming out, and they pretty much generalize Boston as a whole, being like, it's the most racist city ever. Like, I've lived in this city my entire life. People look at me as a black man like I'm mulatto, but obviously I'm not white. We'll put right? a picture up on the cause. The only, racism, the only racism I've ever dealt with in Boston is from cops, which you'll get anywhere. Like, I've been pulled over by cops for no reason before many times. And as long as you're not an asshole about it, and it's not right, obviously, 
But as long as you're not stupid about it and give them attitude or anything, they're going to let you go. I've gotten many unwritten warnings, at least 20 in my life, living in Boston. But you'll get that any city you, you ever live in, right? Cops are going to single out minorities. Any city you live in. I've never gone into a bar or anything like these ESPN people. They're the ESPN guy, he said, oh, I went to a bar right after a Celtics game across, the, across from the garden. I walked in there. Uh, uh, what's his name? There was music blast and everything. And right when he walked in, everybody stared at him and the music turned off. That's a lie. It's a blatant lie. That's a lie. A That's lie. never. Ha- I lived in the North End. Five minutes away from the garden and for two Italians years. And those Italians are racist as fuck, I'll tell you for that. Me, for two years I lived there, and every bar I ever walked into, yeah, I mean, maybe they looked at me weird. I never noticed it, but they ain't going to turn the music off and just stare at me. Like, you're, you're, all these people are over-exaggerating about their shit. And what annoys me the most is all these people who are trashing on Boston, talking about how big of a racist city it is, all these situations they've been into where it's racist, are people who aren't Bostonians. Who people who have been here a couple times, people who have lived here for a couple of years, like get the fuck out of here. Like, I've literally lived here my entire life, life, and I the only like I said the only situation I've ever been feeling in my head being like this is racist right now is from a cop, and that'll happen anywhere. And even if I went to a bar and I felt like I was getting racism towards me, that shit will happen anywhere. Yeah, my, that'll happen anywhere. My biggest like don't thing, fucking try to act like it's big, only Boston. My biggest thing that's is what that. pisses me off. Like if it, it, sorry, I sorry to to, but if this Adam Jones thing happened in Seattle or something, I don't think this big a deal would have been made of it. No, and I think I think right? you're right, Tunis, because why don't you ever hear of racism in the news in Boston unless it has to do with sports? Why? That's a good point. That's why? A good point. The and only why? time you ever hear it's racism is if it's sports. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. What the fuck is that? Racism in sports is and, and, is and, a, is, a, is an issue, and I get that. But yeah. dig it, but dig it, but dig yeah. it, dig it but a little I mean, bit deeper. But I mean, though. if you're looking at Boston as a whole, you can't do that. You like, go to fucking Florida, and they got Ku Klux Klan fucking yeah, rallies but, in the middle of fucking nowhere. Where you come to Boston and. I mean, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I, I'm white. Whatever. I'm white. Shit, you can it, fool dude, me. Hey, hey, talk, man. If I cares, thought that Boston was a racist city, I wouldn't be as proud to be from Boston as I am. Yeah. Now, there are racist Hell people yeah. in Boston. Hell yeah. If I was from Mississippi, if I was from Arkansas, if I was from fucking Alabama, down south, right? And I was like, hey, you know, uh, I'm from Alabama, whatever. Like, think about... I would be worried about being viewed as racist, but I'm not being... I'm from Boston. I don't care. Like, I'm never going to think... Just because... And I don't I don't know why why it's a big deal in sports in Boston, but that's the only time you, you ever hear racist, racism being brought up in Boston. But I, I think I, I think let's take a look at let's take a look at this this point right here, like deeper into the sports and the, the sports I, aspect. Hold on. Yep. The sports aspect of, of especially what, what Boston fans have been hearing this week. Just because of certain fans or a couple of people here and there say or do things that are, you know, looked at as being a racist doesn't mean you, you, you pigeonhole exactly. the whole city, right? And that, okay, but what about where, they, where these people actually live? Some of these people, right? Some of these fans that go, to the, that go to these games, they come into Boston maybe once or twice 
maybe three times a year. They're maybe they live Maine. up in Maine or New Hampshire. <laughs> Let's, Let's blame them. Let's the blame them. Is, you know what I'm saying? The so then, is, so then you can't. Nah, Vermont, Vermont, Vermont's very liberal. Yeah. The thing is, like you said, it's a couple. It's it's yeah. what, nah, whoever. Just, but it doesn't it doesn't mean that those people yelling, that, that, that they live in the city too. Yeah, yeah. But the thing is, whoever was yelling at Adam Jones or whatever, it was it was two or three people, probably at most, right? Yeah. Who was whoever the N word was coming out of their mouth? Two or three people, right? You gonna tell me you gonna go to any other city and tell me that there's not two or three racist people there? Like it's just ignorant people. There's gonna be ignorant people in every other every fucking city and in I, the world. And right? I do get the like, racist past in Boston with yeah, the busing but, stuff, but that was years and years ago, man. Like I get Irish people are looked on, and I, I've met a lot of Irish people that are racist as fuck. But and so Southie's a big Irish. Town, right? So, I mean, you're looking at that. You say, oh, there's probably a lot of racist people in fucking in Southie. It's a small part of Boston that but is there not shouldn't a define the entire like city. Every other city? But, like, but exactly. And you know what? You know what? Boston as a whole, Boston as a whole is not a racist city because it does not embrace any of that. No. Anything that ever comes up, the whole city is no. rises up and says, this is wrong. Yo. So for you to label Boston as a racist city is absolutely ridiculous. Racism is alive in every fucking town, every Thank city. Thank you. Anywhere you look, you're going to find racism. It's how you... Em- how you how you react to that as Dude, a community look that makes it real? It. Exactly. Look how we that's to all. It the that's next all I gotta say. And, and it pisses Jones. me off. It pisses Adam me Jones off. But I mean, himself said it. Yeah, he was like, I, he just, was like, I couldn't believe. I I didn't expect that reaction at all. The next day, the yeah. next day, we gave him a standing applause because we were like, yo, we don't fucking stand up. We're, we're not. We're not those fucking dumbass ignorant yeah. people yelling yeah. the n word at you and yeah, shit. Stupid, like we're not those people. I don't know. Let's and and like you said. It's how you react to it. That's how we reacted to it. Like, yo, we're not gonna fucking go out and like not do anything about the next. That day. shit happens in that shit happens in Atlanta. Mm. He <laughs> says something like that in Atlanta. You better watch out for the next game they come out to. He probably have to sit the next game. <laughs> for real. No, I mean, I just thought it was worth you know bring it up. Uh, yeah, it's elephant it in the is, room. Man. It, it really, just, it really, it, real it really pisses. Damn, me we off. went on a tangent on that yeah, shit. We did. No, it really pisses me off. <laughs> it really pisses me off. Uh, in case you missed it. Yeah, some some happy news right now. Nice. Um, nobody died. Nobody died. Nice. Oh, at least like no one that I know passed away. You know, people die every day, but sorry, it's not that I bring it up on we the all on the, on, on, on the in case you missed it. But relax. Kevin Garnett was asked to come out of retirement and join the Cavs after Andrew Bogut went down with his uh, his injury forty seconds into his uh, debut with the Cavs back in March, and according to uh, Coach Tyron Lou. The big ticket said, hell no. He said, fuck you, bitch. <laughs> I ain't playing for you, bitch ass. <laughs> I don't know why, like, Tyrone Lewis even bring that up, but he that's like, that's, 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 that's a no-brainer when it comes to KG trying to join LeBron James to try to win another title. That, that's, that's no. fucking blasphemy. KG blasphemous. hates LeBron. Blasphemous. In case you missed it, obviously I couldn't end this podcast without bringing up Paul Pierce. After 19 years and the Clippers Damn. sucking the last two years, getting knocked out of the first round. His career has come to an end. He would have been better off being back with the Celtics. For real, days. right? But um, you got to check out his tribute video that it's up on the Causeway Street blog website. And I'm sure there will be more Paul Pierce content up there soon because, you know, Celtics are in the middle of a playoff run, so it'll be up there. Wick Grosbeck, um, one of the owners of the Celtics, said that he was the la- he's going to be the last number 34 ever that any Celtic ever wears again. Of course. My question is, he is going to sign that one-day contract. 
But what if somebody convinces them to come one back one more year for that 20th season? Not going to happen. No? Unless it's the Celtics. That's what I'm saying. Just the Celtics. I'm saying. No, yeah, somebody yeah, somebody yeah, in the Celtics yeah, convinced him yeah, to come yeah, back that yeah, one more year? I don't even. I don't, no? I don't want to see him in a Celtics uniform. No? Not not the way he's been playing. Well, like, he barely played. It wasn't, I it, just it, feel like I just feel like that's probably was for He reasons. was actually. Was the best of them. Oh, you're, you're, you're on that too? No. No, I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear that. Did you see the Celtics? Yeah, that was next. That was next. Yeah, that shit's what? fucking. Go to it. Go to it. Go to what? it. What? Well, I mean, I'll, I just wanted. To, I just wanted to, you know, just say that. I, I've, that um, I've, I can't. I can't talk about the Celtics without bringing up Paul Pierce. Hell yeah, no, the greatest I mean, Celtics of our generation. I think we've all seen this coming, though. I think it's not a surprise. So, um, I miss you, Paul. My favorite Celtic of all time. Here's to you, it's man. It's gonna be a great it's a night. It's gonna be a great night next year when they rec- retire his number. Well, well, speaking of Pierce, you um, know, Seas fan, uh, fans don't have to wait too long to see him on TV because the truth is gonna be on this Monday, seven thirty. This Monday with KG on Area Twenty One. But wait, this is what we all been waiting for. But <gasps> what? Other than the two future Hall of Famers, he'll be joined by Rondo, oh. Perk, oh. and Big Baby. Hey. Celtics 2008 reunion on Area 21. Is K- uh. Now, here's the question. Here's the question. Is blah, K- blah, blah. Here's the question. Blah, blah, blah. Is KG going to make Big Baby cry? <laughs> I think you're missing the main question is. <laughs> I know it's this question. Where the fuck is Ray Allen in this shit? It's too soon, man. Too soon. Ray Allen! Hey, Ray, Ray, Ray. Yo, Ray's a bitch. Use a, use a, use a, use a bitch. Damn it. Oh, I'm going to go to the freaking enemy. Ray, just think. Just think. You won that stupid championship with with the Heat, but you could be on Area 21 right now instead. Nah, he don't want that. And if it weren't for Ray. He about that life. And the other, the worst part about it, the worst part about it is, if it weren't for Ray, LeBron would have one less title. If it weren't for Ray, the Celtics wouldn't have that title though either. Yeah, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Ray Allen's a bitch. Yeah. Happy birthday to the Causeway Street Podcast. Turned three years old this week. Happy birthday. Hold on, you you gotta sing that. You gotta sing that to yourself because Dutra is also. I didn't, turning. Know, I didn't know I was old as the Causeway Street no, podcast. No, no. You're also <laughs> turning. Thir- no, I'm kidding. He's 29. You'll be 29, right? 29. Bitch, don't put that dirty on my name, man. Wait, when are you turning 29? Sunday. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Doing? Just nothing. And shout out to uh, Zach Pelican, who's also. Yeah, Zachy boy. He's also celebrating a birthday this weekend. And hopefully Celtics pull off that game for a win for a birthday gift for y- y'all. Just in case you missed it. It's brought to you by CLNS Media Network. Make sure you download the mobile app. CLNS. On your. When you want the band. On your iPhone or Android. <laughs> That's the first time doing this. Definitely heard that shit. <laughs> what is that? CLNS. <laughs> when you want the band. It's catchy. What the fuck I tell you? And That's it for. In case you missed it. Make sure you follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat. Sway's doing his damn thing down in D.C. You can catch all of the post-game and pre-game stuff for Game 4. And talking to you guys very soon. Sean Dutra, where can they find you on the interwebs? <laughs> At Sean Dutra. On Twitter. Uh, Tim, once again, thanks for blessing us with your, <laughs> with your knowledge on basketball. And they can uh, read, your, read your pieces up on the sportsblog.com. Yep, yep. Our resident Suns fan, but 
Loves basketball all the same. And you know what? Him. You know what? Recruit him on the Get Cause on the Cause Street podcast, bro. Like, come on, on the on. Be a, be a writer. You don't have to. You don't have to write about the Celtics. You can write about whatever you want. Okay. <laughs> that took a lot of convincing. No, My name is Joel Pavone. Me. Sean Dutcher. Damn it, a duck. And on behalf of Joe Sway Pavone, we are the Cause Street podcast, and we're out. Peace. Later.